Welcome in, everybody. Episode six of the How You Say podcast. I'm Boyd. And I'm AJ. And what a crazy high scoring week it was. Does this put a like death nail into your whole theory about this year's a low scoring year? No, I, you know, one week is a mere blip in the radar. But I can say this uh, the Snickers fantasy trends projections were all over the place they could not keep up with all the comings and goings of the scoring of week six week five <laughs> okay so well, I, get... keep up. I don't even know what week it is let's get right into it uh let's start off with the potential loser leaves town scenario where you say i've already left Mm-hmm. My matchup against Derek. Yeah. Biggest Derek. blowout of the week, in fact. Yeah. Almost doubled my score. Uh-huh. Uh, 158. You got, your, you got your doors blown off. 158 to 84. How do you how do you go back to the boys after this performance? As uh, as who was Jared Kellenick said this morning, that's baseball. Things happen. <laughs> so what are you saying? That's fantasy? Yeah. Or are you saying that's baseball? I'm saying it's both. That's no. fantasy baseball. Wait. No, long league. All right. Uh, so when your defense is your, nearly your highest scoring position, that's probably not a good sign. Well, that's why I have to trade them away. And yeah. we'll get to that. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that uh, in a second. Uh, I think the bigger story than you scoring 84, though, was Derek scoring 158 points. Uh, I've not done the math, but I think that's the third highest score in the league so far this season. Where did this performance yep. come from? Or where has this been all season? Which one? He So, I don't think Gabe Davis will score over 20 points again this season. But I, I think he may score over like 18 and a half, which is like half of the 37 he scored. But I don't think he's going to score over 20 again this season. I will. Like, what was it? I'll take Gabe Davis to score over 20 points in any game for the rest of the regular season. Yeah. Yep. I'll take that. Yeah, um, right. He had, what was it? Three catches for three touchdowns and 150 yards. Yeah. He averaged and two, uh, like 12 and a half points per catch. It's hard to do. And two of them were like over 50 yard touchdowns. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, while on my side, we are a young, up-and-coming team with some old veterans who need to get back to their A game. Zeke, I'm looking at you. Uh, like I, I actually really like the makings of my team. There's some sneaky good players in here. Like You can talk trash all you want about my team, which you will, in 10 mm-hmm. seconds. But I, I like my, like, I like my two running backs and I like my, like, couple of my wide receivers, like Devin Juvenet. I really like him. Mm-hmm. Got to start him to get uh, those points, but sure. He also, like, I was watching the game and he missed a 50-yard touchdown because, like, Lamar overthrew it. But, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, that's fine. You, you, your team isn't the worst team that I've ever seen. Uh, and if things break right, then 
you could have what you need to do is you need to go on a cooler like run from last year where you face a bunch of 70 and 80 point efforts and then that's how you get back in this thing maybe you get yourself yeah. to like four and six with 80 dollars worth and then you start buying you know brady and geno smith back or something mm. uh, but i think i think the conversation here is derek's team uh can it last or was this a one-time thing I mean, for what it's worth, Derek thinks that it's a sign of things to come. Uh, I, I think with the trades that we'll we'll talk about later and the way he's yep. managing his roster, he is still trying to go for it. And God bless him. We need it. Yeah, we'll just we've got more. Yeah. On that later. <laughs> All right. Next up, we'll go with the second biggest blood of the week, which was me over Andrew. 153 to 92. Uh, did you get lucky? Did I get lucky? Well, I don't know that I'm scoring 153 every week, but outside of Josh Allen, which of these performances would you say was unrepeatable? I'm more talking about Andrew's team underperforming right, by 30 sure. points on projection. Okay. And like, do you think just with like we were talking about Derek's team, Andrew's team, is this a blip or is this more of signs to come? I would say 92 is more of a blip. Andrew has been one of the more consistent teams in the league. Um, I did some math going into last week and uh, Andrew and I were the only teams that had scored at least 118 in every single week. Uh, Corey was close. He had three out of four weeks was at least 120. But I mean, this is by that math, 26 fewer points than he'd scored in any week uh, before the season. So look, he's uh, sustained some injuries. So that's probably part of the reason we'll see how he patches things together. But no, I think he's more a 110, 120 team than a 92. Is Taysom Hill going to be in your lineup this week? Uh, I do believe so. Yes. I'm pretty sure Fryermuth is going to be out. So I don't have a whole lot of options unless I make a trade. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm look, uh, does Taysom Hill take touchdowns away from Camara? Sure. But as long as he's in my starting lineup, I guess I guarantee the goal line touchdown one way or the other. Were you just scared of starting three Saints against your beloved Seahawks? Yeah. You know, I don't love, uh, starting, uh, either people against Seattle or so many Saints. It's, you know, if I were starting three Chiefs, I'd feel pretty good about it, but three Saints, that's. Not usually how you draw it up before the season. And look, if Michael Thomas comes back, there could be four Saints in the lineup next week, which, mm. I, I, you know, how many touchdowns are there to go around? But I do like where my team is at. Um, I did move into the number one spot in scoring on the season. So look out, yeah. League. Two and three Wheezy Swedes are coming for y'all. Uh, we will get to the three Chiefs later. But right now, let's move to... A, another blowout, which was Christina versus Laura, 106 to 57. Laura's team somehow is getting worse and worse every week. Laura's uh, team's in Derek. trouble. I mean, this was a maybe a bit of a fluky week. I don't think she's going to score 57 every week, but negative points out of the kicker and the defense, uh, not what you want to see. Uh, she only had one. A uh, person scoring double digits, a lot of ones and fives and negatives. 
Um, I there's there's no real running back that you can trust right now. And while the receivers are good, uh, they kind of started hot and they have not been as consistent as Laura would like them. Certainly. Christina uh, did enough to get the win, but you would expect more from her team, like Lamar Jackson and Herbert together did not score 30 points. So maybe... uh, Yeah, the way her team is built, she wins when those two each score 25 to 30 points. And if they're... If they're not, then I don't know that she has enough around them to come up with wins week in and week out. All right, uh, we'll move on to Eric versus Danny. Uh, Eric wins again, gets himself to three and two with a 153 to 120 victory. Danny falls to one and four, big spender last week. Uh, He's going to have an uphill battle. I know that his team has good players and they have scored a lot of points at times, but one and four staring up at nearly the rest of the league. I think he's in the 10 spot right now. I mean, you got to try to start doing some math here and say, okay, how many wins does it take to get in? How do I get there? Which teams do I think I can actually pass in the standings? And, you know, obviously anything could happen. Danny's probably got more trades in him, uh, but he's got an uphill battle for sure. And like we will talk about the trades that just happened, which have improved Eric's team again. I will say, like, do you one thing which I questioned was Danny's very quickly trading away of Mike Williams because he's acquired a hurt Keenan Allen before Keenan Allen is healthy, and he traded Mike Williams for T Higgins. Mm-hmm. I. Like, he got some cash out of it. He had to get the J.K. Dobbins, blah, blah, blah. But do you think that was a little bit too early? Like, I don't know. I do not like the whole tea. Like, I've spoken at length now about how I dislike the Bengals' offense and how it's been won. Like, they are so much better than what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, when Higgins doesn't get hurt, he scores 20 points. So that's probably what Danny's banking on there. Uh, You know, he got hurt. Um, We'll get to some later matchups, but there are a number of guys that got hurt either in the first or second quarter and scored hardly any points. And I think the team lost in nearly every situation. Uh, Side note on our uh, Higgins versus Hopkins bet, uh, Danny now owns both players, so... We'll see how that goes. Yeah. All right. Second I think our time. last non-marquee would be Barrett versus Pete. Yep. And a little bit of a surprise. I think it, uh, if I remember correctly, came down to Monday night. Yes, and Barrett took it out. Got enough points. Yeah, uh, 130 to 122. She moves to four and one. Pete falls to three and two. Uh, Barrett is leading the uh, Danny division. Yep. So nothing much to say, I think. Like, uh, Interestingly, neither one got a single point out of their tight end position. <laughs> That's how it should be, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, the it, it, like two or three interesting things is like Bella has both of the Miami backfield in her bench. Did not start either one. Mm-hmm. Um, Lemus had scored twenty points, whereas Pete doesn't have a bench. So let's see, like how. Pete improves his team. Is he going to spend money? Is the question. And I think he will, but maybe too late by then. Yeah, Pete once again but, went no second quarterback in the OP slot. Uh, I guess the decision there was Naheem Hines or Daniel Jones. Interestingly, Daniel Jones projected for 14, scored 13. Hines projected for 10, scored 1. I do believe Hines got hurt in that game, which is why he only scored one point. Uh, and so here's another case of a guy starting somebody that unfortunately got hurt early and he ended up losing. Yeah. Okay, let's go down my key matchup. Didn't quite turn out through the nail biter of uh, last week, uh, but it did come down to Monday oh, night, though. It did come down to Monday night. It, and I believe it was. Ted was projected to lose Monday afternoon. But I think he was projected to win. I, you know, I was checking in on this one. It was back and forth all day. Sunday, Sunday night football. I believe Corey was projected to win because he had Joe Mixon and JK Dobbins going and they both underperformed. And I think that's where Ted pulled ahead in the projections. He still needed roughly 30 to 35 from Mahomes and Kelsey combined, which you got to feel pretty good about. Uh, he ended up getting 60, yeah. so uh, crush Corey with the 139 to 106 victory. Uh, Ted's team is it back? Well, Kelsey also got Ted the loose change bet. Ah, yes, of four TDs, four touchdowns for Kelsey. Big money Unfor- coming Ted's way. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was only three weeks of yeah. what do you call it? Jackpotting. Of accumulation. Yeah, interestingly, no yardage uh, victories so far this season. Uh, we came close in week two when to- Tua had 469 passing yards. Uh, Justin Jefferson has had a couple of 180-yard performances. I think Tyreek had 190. Uh, close as a running back came was Eckler. This week, he had 178, uh, which was, sorry, 173. That was the highest total we've had so far. Rushing? Wow. I do think we should perhaps add a hundred yards receiving, hundred yards rushing from the same player category, because that seems perhaps harder to do than just two hundred of the same type. Uh we did have Kamara and Brees Hall both come close this at a hundred yards receiving and uh like ninety-three rushing or something like that. Yep. Anyway, uh Ted C moves to five and oh, Corey falls to three and two. Uh, Corey probably still thinks he's going to win the championship. Um, and he's got some good players. I, that's a good set of running backs. Uh, I think the wide receivers have major questions after Mike Williams. Uh, unfortunately, another case of a player going down early. Teddy Bridgewater was pulled in the first series uh, for concussion protocol. And that maybe wasn't the difference in the matchup, but that coupled with maybe a couple other things uh, might have had some bearing on this matchup. Yeah. So let's move on to waivers of the week. This week, we had an interesting waiver wire. The 
PJ Walker sweepstakes, as you call it, Boyd, and who won? Uh, Corey won the PJ Walker sweepstakes with a $23 bid. Next closest bid, 17 from Christina and 16 from Pete. Had a $6 bid from you and a $3 bid from Ted. Uh, those bids were not nearly close enough. I would say that's close to, it's not a perfect bid, but you'd be happy as Corey. Getting, yeah. Like spending 23 when others have spent 17, 16. All right, quick question. Tell me about the $6 bid. Were you thinking that that would win or were you just saying, I think he's a $6 player. If I lose him, fine. But that's what I would spend on a guy like that. Yeah, like I, I think it's like a one week, maybe two week situation. $6. I'm throwing it there going, yeah. If, it, if I hit, I hit. But one never knows. I do. Okay. Let me ask you about this one. Tyson Williams, $13. Uh, I don't believe he is on a roster or has been signed. Oh, here we go. Breaking news. He is signed to the Cardinals practice squad. Tell me about your new prize, Tyson Williams. I believe he will be elevated. And sneaky suspicion. Let's see. I don't know. I feel like our league is a little jump heavy on running backs. So that's why I did like, okay, I'm going to toss 13 there and see. Okay. So do you I'm think he's a $13 player or did you think somebody else was going 12? I thought somebody else would go like 10 or 12, like oh. Christina or someone else. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I'll see what happens. Because right. uh, the record, there they were no are- on Tyson. I know. Okay. <laughs> I could have picked him up for what three years. Right. Uh, I also made all these bids at uh, 11.50 p.m. last night. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I had lots of time to think about it. Yeah. Uh, okay, interestingly, we had two different kickers that were claimed on waivers, and not even for a dollar. Uh, Jason Myers went for $3 to Laura's team, and <laughs> uh, let's see, Derek bought Brett Maher for $2. Uh, no other bids on those players. What would you think they were anticipating a possible bidding war? Or yeah, do you think they like, also were I'm, saying, you know what? Jason I'm Myers, kicker. I'm surprised Brett Maher did not get more people bidding on him. Number two kicker of the season has been very standard. Plays in a dome. Right. Yeah, he's been good. Yeah. Do you think uh, he should have been purchased for more than $1 at auction? Mm. No. Perhaps a discussion for another day. Yes. Uh, Okay. Honorable mention in the waivers category. We don't know who is going (laughs) to end up with him because as of this podcast, Javante Williams still on waivers. But Derek dropped Javante Williams. What so, uh, what do we think the play is here? Is he trying a J.K. Dobbins or dare I say DJ Moore type move here? So Things we did inquire. We did inquire, and it is definitely a J.K. Dobbins DJ Moore type situation. Okay. He may not be trying it, but he knows the implication, and he he may feel that he's not worth it. So this is my thinking. 
right? And I have nothing, I may have nothing better to do, so I may stay up till 1 a.m., right? Tonight, okay. after work was clear. I don't know, Boyd, if you're going to stay up till 1 a.m. Well, I do evening. like myself a free player from time to time. So here's my thinking. Very, very similar injury to J.K. Dobbins. Yes. J.K. Dobbins injured it in preseason, I believe, or like maybe like last week of preseason. Yeah. Last year. It took him till week four-ish to come back. Right? Mm-hmm. So we're in week five, six now, right? So similar injury. So, and J.K. Dobbins was like, yeah, this was kind of fast. He's still not great. So, all right. So you're thinking next year. He probably starts next year on the pup. Probably didn't come back until week seven anyway. Week 10. I'm you think week 10, he doesn't, right? Yeah. All right, so, so now, let me just throw this out getting, there. Assuming he gets claimed on waivers, his contract would continue uh, from last year to, to this year. It's only if he clears waivers would his contract reset. His current yes. contract, $32. He's already been kept. So, yeah, so if he if somebody's thinking about keeping him, that would be $42 next year for a guy that probably won't play until week seven at the earliest you think week 10 yeah and not worth it so okay so, so interesting move you know we'll see if he's five dollars then you know all of a sudden maybe you just well, buy next year and you're i'm three. talking it out yeah okay this is what i'm saying five dollars as a player you're going to spend five dollars on and you can't pick up another flyer because you're basically going He's my Calvin Ludwig. He's of the year. Mm-hmm. Someone who's basically, or DeAndre Hopkins, worse than DeAndre this year. Someone who's just going to sit on my bench, but he can go into my IR. So that's fine. Now, if you're playing for it to be in 18 months' time where you can keep him for $10 or use him as a trade fee, Oh, keep him for $8 or use him as a trade chip. Sure. But this is a long, long play. And I will be impressed if someone does this. I don't think I would actually do it. So I'm not going to stay up for it. But if I'm up, I may <laughs> see what's <laughs> up. All right. Uh, enough about waivers. Let's get into the trades that we had last week. Uh, started off, I can't remember what day this was, maybe Thursday or Friday, but uh, Kyle Pitts had been ruled out for Corey's team, and so he had to make a trade for a tight end. So he gets himself, Zach Ertz and Elijah Moore trades away Hollywood Brown and Tyler Boyd. Mm-hmm. First reaction. I, I think he overpaid. Look, I think Hollywood is good may not be as good rest of season due to more mouths to feed, due to Kyler not being amazing this year. So slight overpay there. Like who'd yeah. you rather have? Brown or Ertz? Rest then, of season? Yeah. Probably I guess I'd say Ertz, uh, if I just had like but, blank roster. Let me ask you a different story. 
you've got Lobert Tonyan or Mercedes Lewis or mm-hmm. a bunch of tight ends on our waiver wire or Zach Ertz, who do you have? Zach Ertz. Is that without thinking you're going Zach Ertz? I don't even care who's on the waiver wire. I know like Zach Ertz is that much better. I think Zach Ertz is better than anybody currently on the waiver wire, yes. I <laughs> I disagree with that. Oh, okay. I strongly disagree with that. Uh, no, all right. Uh yeah, I I don't know. I maybe this is gonna sound like a contradiction. I do also like Eric's end of this deal. I like him getting both uh, Hollywood Brown and Tyler Boyd. Um, Elijah Moore, while talented, just isn't being used there and isn't getting the way well, he isn't getting the production, at least. Um, so I. Maybe I would. No, I think I, I think I'm going to go solidly on Eric's side. I think I would rather have Hollywood Brown than Zach Ertz. Because I think Zach Ertz is really more in that back end of the top 10 than the top end of the top 10. And it's like, okay, I rephrase that question, which is like, yeah, sure, Zach Ertz is probably better than most people, 95% of people on the way why every week. What I will say is you could scream a tight end and keep Hollywood Brown and your team would be better than trading away Hollywood Brown and trying to get a better wide receiver. Sure, I would agree with that. Okay. Next trade, who did that involve? Oh, it's me. I made another trade. <laughs> the selling continues. You sold Niners D to Derek for Marcus Mariota. How Derek, is this selling? Derek <laughs> that, this is an upgrade. Oh, this is an upgrade. Oh, okay. Uh, like I, this is me competing for this year. This is this is fun. This is uh, one and four against one and four, or one and four and one and four uh, making a trade with each other. Uh, sounds like both teams are going for it, according to you. <laughs> Certainly, Derek. I I don't know. Do you do you read this as Derek is trying to acquire the elite defense, or Derek is merely? getting what value he can for his quarterback that may not last the entire season. I think that's the latter. Okay. And from your so, perspective, did you see an opportunity to acquire a starting quarterback or were you seeing what you could do oh, yeah. for Niners defense? I, I, well, again, trade came to me. I didn't go looking for it. And after bouncing around one or two ideas, uh, Derek went, okay, let's try and not make it complicated. Let's make it simple. Nine is defense for Maliota. And I went, okay, that'll work for me. <laughs> and it's basically, there's other defenses that I can pick up and start uh, come Saturday night. <laughs> and we'll see how we go. Right. Uh, Mariota, I've got Desmond Ritter. And if Mariota hits, goes on fire and becomes decent for the first time in his career, right? He's a $5 keeper or $7, $8 keeper next year. So, starting quarterback right now, I've got his backup. Works out pretty well for me. I feel like this is one where I see both sides. 
and I have a different opinion every time I'm about to speak on it. But rather than contradict uh, my opinions from earlier in the season, uh, the guy trading away the defense and acquiring the quarterback is the winner here. I, like Niners D, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a positional advantage, but I feel like the defense, unless it is the 2019 Patriots or the 20, what 14 Bears when they were amazing, it's not the positional advantage that a possible starting quarterback could be. And maybe Mariota continues to struggle and never earns that job. But maybe the Niners go back to scoring seven to 10 points instead of 15 to 20. I mean, to trade a starting quarterback in this league, you have to be banking on double digits from the defense pretty much every week or else what is the advantage we're talking about here? What I'll say is this. Of the top 10 defenses, three are available right now mm -hmm. in, uh, on waivers or in, um, what do you call it, uh, free agents. Oh, okay. Yeah. And all, how many weeks have we been? Five weeks? The difference between two to ten is one point difference per game-ish. Like it's seven points. Seven points over five weeks is mm -hmm. one point-ish. Right, that's nothing. Like, so there is no real like. Bills are six points over that. Whatever. Yeah. The only other thing I could say is that perhaps uh, Derek's looking at the schedule down the stretch, uh, and he thinks, "Wow, Niners have." I don't know who the Niners have, but maybe they have some turnover-prone opponents in week fifteen through seventeen, and. Uh, they have Seattle, Washington, Vegas. That is not a matchup right now. I would want any part in any of those. Well, I, you know. Wentz chucks it to his three, four wide receivers. Wentz is Vegas probably has... the best matchup amongst those. He likes throwing interceptions, uh, sure. like thrown out of style. The yards on you, you're getting a bunch of negatives. Um, All right. Uh, let's move on uh, to the last trade just completed today, mere hours ago. Uh, Danny continues the roller coaster of emotions of the season, trades away Tom Brady, acquires Russell Wilson, and $15. I will I... go ahead and say Danny won this trade. I do not think the difference between Brady and Wilson is $15. Agreed. I am, unless Brady, like, and I do not wish this upon Wilson, even though like he left Seattle, blah, 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 wanting to do all that. Unless Wilson really does have like a Kirk Cousins-style meltdown year where he's scoring single digits every week. Or scoring single digits enough weeks that you've lost enough games that it doesn't matter when he actually booms. Hmm. I would say the only thing that's going to stop this from being a win for Danny is if Russ is actually hurt. He, he came up with some sort of strained lat thing, uh, I think, in the Oakland game. So if, if Russ just straight up doesn't play, then, yeah, maybe $15 for Brady uh, isn't quite or I don't know. No, I think I'm on Danny's side no matter what. I think getting $15 for Brady is a good get even if he didn't get a quarterback and he got a quarterback that has top 10 potential. Uh, and even if he's more in the twenties range, it's, you know, an adequate OP. He's better than Marietta. We'll say that. 
<laughs> oh, there is a gap. Uh, but do you know who is like there with Wilson? Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> oh. Do you uh, want to make a bold bet that uh, Mariota scores more points than Russ this season? No. Oh, okay. I gave you my bait for my bold bet, but you didn't take it. So, Oh, what was that? Trevor Lawrence is ranked 18th on the year. Wilson's ranked 17th. Oh, you want to go Wilson versus Lawrence. Total points yeah. for the full season or from this point forward? Doesn't, doesn't matter. Full season. They're four points difference. Like, I'll be giving you a four point. All right. Screw it. I'll take Russ. Okay. Let's see. Put it there somewhere. Make it bold. Okay. Now to our special guest for the evening. He's been on before. He's tried to take over the podcast many a time but failed. It is Moose. Corey, can you please put Moose on? I'm not sure exactly how I failed. I, I recorded superior podcasts every time that I was on. Corey, we asked for Moose, not you. I'm over the whole Moose thing. That, <laughs> uh, it was a creative project that, that fizzled over time, and then we've moved on to, to new uh, endeavors. Was the Moose holding you back in your podcasting career, would you say? You know, um, I have no witty quip for that. <laughs> Corey, how are you doing? It may be. I'm doing all right, guys. Uh, you know, I uh, am riding the wave of this fantasy season, uh, going from supposedly the worst team in the league to an undefeated team to a two-game losing streak when I arguably have my best roster of the season. So, you know, there's there's a lot of ups and downs here. Do you have any idea how many trades you're at right now? Um, I do think it counts that somewhere, but I have not been keeping track. I do know that I told Derek when he was going to join the league how much action there is, and he thought I was joking, but I said something like, you know, I think last year I made somewhere around 37 trades. And he thought that, that was just an absurd number I made up, but it's probably about right. Uh, I'm looking over your roster right now, and you only have three of your original draft picks. Uh, and just to recap, that's Kirk Cousins, Travis Etienne, and Kyle Pitts. Uh, will you, you still have those people at the end of the season? But last year you made it through with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire all season long. Uh, are you going to turn over your roster completely, or do you think those three are here to stay? I couldn't say for sure, but uh, I will say that Pitts and ETN are, are hard to trade. A, because I've dug my heels in, and I'm certain that they are <laughs> they are part of the all-stars that comprise my roster. Uh-huh. And B, because their, their supposed trade value is so low right now, I can't, I can't trade them right now when they're, they're about to fire off and become worth so much more. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to see if I can make it all throughout the season with them. How are you feeling about your roster in general? I think in general that I have uh, one of the two or three best rosters in the league from top to bottom in terms of the depth and the star power and all those things. Granted, right now, people will look at it and say, but wait, what about those wide receivers? Give it time. Overall, I think it's, uh, it has all the parts that it needs to win week in and week out. Does that mean and that on the receiver? Way? Say, Absolutely not. 
Do you think your current receivers uh, get you into that top two or three rosters? Or you're saying you've got moves to make that will get you uh, one of the top no, rosters? I'm saying already. Oh, already okay. it's one yeah. of those top rosters. But, of course, there are moves to be made. I was trying. You guys asked me this morning if I could be one of your guests for your podcast today. Uh-huh. So I was furiously working the trade markets today because I really wanted us to have something to talk about. <laughs> and I haven't made a trade in, what has it been, like five, six days, something like that? It's all yeah. old news. So I was really trying to get some sort of blockbuster going and uh, met with a lot of uh, a lot of no's. I think what I'm running into right now is I have already traded with almost everyone in the league, and they, they just don't know what else to do. At this is point, they're just trading the same players back and forth. Yeah, is there I a trade go back to Eric team? and say, like, hey, let me give you uh, uh, one of your guys back so you can give me Geno Smith back. And, you know, it's just that's where I'm at right now, trading back for the same players. I've already done that. I did that with Danny. Well, yeah, that's the thing about Etienne and Pitts. You can trade them now and then trade back for them in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's the move. You sell low and then buy <laughs> high later. That's, that's zagging when everybody else is zigging. So here's a question. Of the trades that you've already made this year, is there uh, one or two that you may think already, oh, I would like that one back? Well, the, the obvious one is the Geno Smith trade. It was the, the, the weirdest one because I was trying to sell Geno for the first two weeks when he was uh, unexpectedly, uncharacteristically performing like a adequate NFL quarterback and just couldn't get anybody to bite. And I had to pay Eric to take Gino off my hands, gave him 10 extra dollars to trade Zeke to me for him. And at this point, if I had Gino, like it would be something where he would, that would probably be flipped around the other way. He'd give me 10 bucks, just like he gave 15 bucks for Brady. I think we're talking about the same tier here, Brady and Gino Smith, same guy. (laughs) Yep. Seahawks fans love to hear it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the other thing would be been... all the trades that didn't happen. Uh, there oh, are we, so many, we don't I, have enough time. But we if I went have... through, I would say just there's more a point of uh, sometimes I go back through the text exchanges with people and I see the things that they said no to, and I say, oh, thank God. <laughs> so sometimes people, uh, when they poo-poo the trades that I offer, they're wrong. They should have said yes. Okay. So I was mentioning that this year, our question to all of our guests is, what about your other leagues? Are you involved in any other leagues? Is there one particular one that you want to talk about that the listeners don't know about? Well, I'll tell you one that the listeners are loosely aware of because you really try to jam it in there and force us to listen to it. But the Vampire League, I don't want to talk about that. (laughs) And why is that? It's a team that's all stars, but they don't score any points. And uh, I, I literally am worse than the vampire. I do, I do have a question, which is related to both topics we're currently talking about, trades and the Vampire League. Uh, there hasn't been a single trade in the Vampire League, and they are not only allowed but encouraged. Is there a reason you have not bothered to try to make any trades in that league? I just can't get myself to care or to think that anyone else would care enough to read my text about a trade. Okay. And I don't know why that is. Maybe it's just because my team stinks. 
Uh, uh, if you're in the Vampire League and you're listening to this, right. here's the opportunity. Corey will trade with you, but you need to initiate. You send over some trade requests, <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'm happy to hear them. Uh, Follow-up question. Do you make more trades in this league than any other league, or are you just as active in maybe? Because you're in a, a long-time league that, that Pete yeah. came from. He emigrated over here. Is this uh, your most yeah, active? The one that Pete's in is a completely inactive league. Oh, okay. um, Pete's in that one still, and he and I were texting this morning about how he was late in the waiver order. I was last in the waiver order, and we just have the traditional non-fab waivers. And he's like, how did I just pick up Kenneth Walker uh, in this league when half of you need running backs and, you know, I, I was seventh in the waiver order? And I said, I don't know, man. Um, but it's definitely not a major trading one. My other one, my longer one that I've been in with my college buddies forever, there's a little more trading, but not a ton. And I'm definitely the one who is trying to trade all the time. I can't get them to say yes as often as this league, but definitely I've made a name for myself as the trader. And I just basically did a whole roster overhaul. I think I did four trades last week, uh, trying to deal with the fact I didn't have any running backs. So my one good one, Saquon Barkley, turned into a bunch of other guys and uh, completely turned the thing over. And, and people just sort of stand back and watch in awe as they see all these things happen and, and fly through. And it's, it's exciting for the league. I really... I, uh, I'm envious of them getting to watch it all happen. <laughs> As we so, are in our league. So how did you feel about my actions last week? Talking about being envious and watching it happen. I was not envious of what you did. I, it was, it was a despicable and disgraceful act. Uh, that of course, you know, I benefited from one of the trades of uh, picking up Joe Mixon from you, but uh, you know, it's, 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 it's an embarrassment to the league that uh, in the fourth week we have people dumping all their players and moving on to next season, especially a supposed league leader, like one of these podcast hosts for two years in a row, <laughs> dumping, dumping out and just now talking about the league with, with no skin in the game. Uh, it's an embarrassment. Wait, what do you? What should we be doing? Are you talking about a podcast host dumped out last year and another different podcast host dumped out this year? I'm so confused about the question. Because uh, <laughs> I didn't dump out last year. Did, and then AJ did this year. Just a quick recap okay. for the listeners. Okay. <laughs> but all that said, I completely understand what you were doing and i do agree that you got a great stack of cash and and value for your players and i've said this before when we were talking about whether or not we should have anti-taking rules uh i think we should only because the way the rules are set up right now it's basically irresponsible of you not to sell when your team stinks because you can walk away with 80 extra bucks like you got and it's also irresponsible if your team's good to not buy. And so that's what I'm doing this year and, and like every other year. But I don't love the fact that at the end of the day, now your team is garbage and you're going to do some fun things here and there. You'll win a game and we'll say, oh, look what he did. Uh, but overall, one of the teams isn't anybody that 
has a chance or that's interesting or, or that we can talk about. And that's, that's not fun for the league. I mean, the counterpoint is that Derek and Laura have teams that are just as bad as AJ's and they didn't purposely try to get those <laughs> rosters. Right. Um, I'm not sure what the counterpoint is. Yes. Yeah, some teams will not be good, yeah. but Derek and, and Laura at least have good players. And I see Derek trying to do some things. There's some curious moves. Yeah, that they are certainly there. still trying. But, but well, uh, there's a chance still that those things can turn around. AJ would have to basically use all his money to buy the players that he sold to get back into the game. He's not going to be able to just think. Yeah, AJ has, has been on this podcast and said, there is still a chance that I buy back in. I just wanted a yeah. little reset. And we questioned the logic there, but it, we never know. He got a win uh, right before selling. He's one and four, still not mathematically eliminated. Uh, I mean, here's what I would say from my experience last year is that when you start 0-4, the vultures come for your carcass. And so there's a little bit of, yes, you decide to sell, but there's a whole lot of you're getting hammered with trade offers because everybody assumes you're going to sell. And so, yeah, it's unfortunate that somebody sells in week four, but it's, I mean, it wasn't exact. Yeah, it was my decision, but I was... Uh, pressured into it by the amount of trade offers and you can AJ went through something similar this year you can understand the logic AJ said on the podcast he was very uh forthcoming with all the information that went back and forth and texts uh for all the trade offers I was one of the vultures for sure on Sunday and Monday night when AJ was facing 0 and 4 and pulled out a miracle win but I was saying oh man you're gonna lose you time to sell give me Joe Mixon and when he won on Monday night, I dropped it. I didn't even follow up with him. It was AJ that followed up and said, so you gonna, you going to increase this offer? And I'm like, what? You won. What are we talking about? And he's like, no, no, I'm still, still interested in uh, let's make this happen. And we made some minor changes to the offer. But uh, that, that was shocking to me when, when he won and pursued the trade anyway. All right. So as shadow commissioner, uh, how many more rule changes will you implement that will give you wins this season? You know, I wish there was something we could do about having uh, too many chiefs on your team. (laughs) There could be like a negative consequence of multiple chiefs, like minus 40 points, something like that. Mm -hmm. I feel like that if we put it to vote, most people would, would say yes to that. Just a majority. It doesn't have to be unanimous. What if there's a rule that if you score in the 120s, maybe if it's like 121, then that's an automatic win. Oh, kind of like blackjack? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Anything over doesn't count. (laughs) That could be a fun rule change. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Let's move move on to something a little bit more less serious. I was going to go with it. Then we moved on to absolute chunk. So maybe more serious than that. Uh, let's play a fun little game called a version of Screw Mary Kill, which I haven't named Burn Own Roster Bait. So our two contestants are Boyd and Corey. And oh, you I will won't be participating? This... No. Okay. I am the host. Uh and the I'll give you sets of three teams, and you need to choose one to annihilate for whatever reason 
you think, one, to own for the rest of the season, and the other one is like a team you'd lost a bit with. You know, play around a little bit, maybe make a trade or two, and you'd go, oh, yeah, this would be kind of fun for whatever reason. So the first one, we will start at the potential bottom of the bell with my team, Danny's team, and Derek's team. Boy, why don't you start? Wow. Okay. Wait, just to be clear, Danny, uh, I hope you heard that. AJ put you at the bottom of this <laughs> league despite just spending 50 oh, bucks to fire a bunch of stars. Coley, Coley, you haven't gotten offers from Danny about selling yet? He, he does, I'm, I'm thrilled with what Danny is doing. I'm, I love to see him spend a bunch of money on players and then work really hard to acquire the same $50 back and remove those players from his roster. It's great. So what's the rules of this game? All right. So we're one team you burn, one team you own, and one team you roster bait. So you you play around a little bit, maybe you make a trade or two, but it's not anything you're going to end up with long term. All right. I will go first. Uh, the obvious choice here is to burn your team because it's terrible. I mean, you basically burned it to the ground already, so there's not a whole lot to burn. So maybe from that aspect, uh, I shouldn't choose you, but I'm going to go ahead and burn you anyway. Uh for roster baiting, I think I'm going to go with Derek's team. There are some interesting players on this team. Burrow, I think brighter days are ahead. Andrews, uh, obviously, is a fantastic tight end. Gabe Davis is that uh, that real busty kind of player. Also a little bit boomy. Um, I would I would play around with this team for a little bit. I I'm. There is the shell of something uh, resembling a pretty good team. It's just it's got some pretty big holes in there. Um, yeah. Okay. And then for owning, uh, kills me, but it's Danny's team. There's there's some good players in there. If I were going to have any of these three teams for the rest of the season, it would be Danny's. Uh, I do enjoy the circular trading he's doing as well, um, but it's it's not half bad. Okay. Coy. The key is you have to find a busty player who's who will boom. That's the sweet spot. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know that I could necessarily say anything different. I'll maybe I'll switch it up slightly. So Danny's, you, you gotta say that's the one to own just because there are the most pieces. And probably if I did nothing with it, it would win the most games. But also there's so many guys in there that I could make trades with that uh, it would be exciting to own all those players. But in terms of the kill, um, you know, I could put Derek's in there just because I want to give AJ the roster bait one because it was the, uh, well, what if I could mess around here a little bit with this team? I've got 80 extra dollars that I can play around with. I got a couple of players that are maybe half good, and I could try to do the whole uh paper clip to plane trade route. And, and that would be so much more sort of uh, validating to turn that thing into a, a marketable okay. realistic team. Okay. So our next, all of valid choices, I will pass no judgment until I do. Um, 
The next set of three are Boyd, Laura, and Andrew. Boyd, you can choose to sit this one out and be impartial. Or it wouldn't be my style. But Corey, I'll <laughs> let you go first on this one. Okay. Uh, so kill. I'm gonna start with Laura's team. Um, just because it's, I, I, I look at it and it is the opposite of the type of team that I want to have. It's built around wide receivers. All the quarterbacks are injured. The running backs are garbage. It's the, it's the inverse of what I try to do with my teams. And I just wouldn't want to have anything to do with it. Um, there's some good pieces there. She's got great wide receivers and, uh, I just would love to see her make a couple of trades and bounce some of that out. Um, and then we have Boyd, and what was the other one? Andrew. Andrew. And Andrew, that's right. So I think I would want to own Boyd's team. There are a lot of good players on that team. I hate to say it. I was sort of excited about both of your teams having terrible records to start the season. <laughs> but then, you know, it was hard to deny that there's some good pieces on Boyd's team. He's going to turn it around. So, yes, I would own that one. And Andrew's is this weird in-between but he's got these sort of interesting players that are kind of fun. Uh, I would make a bunch of trades. I would completely change it. But uh, I do love how Andrew just drafts for upside. And he's always got these like fun rookie receivers and everything. So I'd, you know, I'd mess around there a little bit. Touch it in inappropriate places. <laughs> Boy. Okay. Uh, I will... I'm going to come uh, very close to that same final conclusion. Uh, Laura's team, sorry, I'm going to have to kill it. Uh, I agree. Running backs are not very good. Quarterbacks also not very good. Receivers are fine. I don't think they're quite as good as we thought they were a couple weeks ago. Um, there's a lot of kind of uh, boomy, busty stuff going on there. Busty, but booms. Busty, <laughs> busty booms. Yeah. Um, but it's not any it's not a team that I would want any part of. Uh I am also gonna say my team for owning and Andrews for roster baiting. My team is I I like my team, but it's very top heavy. Like I, I like my starting lineup and the bench is the Rams running back situation, Baker Mayfield, uh suspended Calvin Ridley. Hurt Pat Fryermuth. Like, there's not a whole lot on the bench here. So, there's not a lot to do. Uh, you do have Sam Darnold. Uh, <laughs> and Sam Darnold. Uh, oh, and you have back. also a kicker on your IR. So, you yeah. got a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I got two kickers. You got some pieces. Yeah. Uh, but Andrew's team, I've I've liked it. Uh, I liked it, like, weeks two through four. I don't know that I like it as much now. But there's some, like you said, there's a bunch of interesting, fun guys. Uh, young receivers. The, the big boom potential, uh, there's definitely a lot more to do here. You know, maybe you pair Wilson and Olave for a more established uh, running back, for instance, or maybe you try to get a quarterback. Uh, you know, Andrew's team with a top 10 quarterback looks a whole lot different than it does at this particular juncture. And so there's there's more bench pieces to work with on that team. So I think we're in agreement there. Next group, who we got? Agreement. Okay, so the next one is a interesting top of the table. Uh, 
Group. Ted, Barrett, and Christina. Both uh, of you. Boy. you this one. Okay. I will start. I am going to... I'm going to burn Christina's team. Okay. The... Why? I'm not sure that I believe in it. I Look, she's got the two top five-ish quarterbacks. We'll throw Herbert in the top five. I know he's seventh, but two top five quarterbacks. She's been able to make it work at running back, but I still don't think, I mean, unless she gets Elijah Mitchell back, I mean, pardon me for the San Francisco 49ers slander here. I, Jeff Wilson is living on borrowed time. Uh, and I know that line is great and you could throw you, me, or Corey behind that line, and we probably get 100 yards a game. Um, but I think... First of all, I, to be fair, I'm a really good running back. <laughs> fair. But there's... Like, Mike Evans is good. Uh, Drake London had a, a pretty good first few games. Pierce has obviously been uh, pretty damn good. But that Mike Williams trade uh, has turned out to be kind of a disaster. She basically just traded away Mike Williams for nobody that she can use. I questioned at the time, Davis Mills is no closer to starting for her than he was when she acquired him. And maybe it was just a move to get a bi-week quarterback, but Nico Collins is essentially waiver wire material at this point. Uh, Edwards Hilaire, I think we're maybe starting to see that... Uh, it was a, a hot start, but maybe it's not to last. And maybe Pacheco's that guy. Maybe Pacheco moves in. But there, I feel like there are question marks um, once you get past the quarterbacks. And so uh, I think I would burn that team, if for no other reason, then... Okay, boy, we want to keep this podcast yeah, okay. under was, two hours. That was, that was seven minutes on Christina's team. <laughs> I was timing it. So burn, got it. All right, yes, so, right. so, so I'm still going. Okay, so I am going to uh, roster bait with Barrett's team. Okay, I'm actually going to overrule Boyd. Boyd is, has lost to Barrett so much with Christina's team. He doesn't even get to tell us it. the other two? No, so he has to now choose one of Barrett and, uh, Barrett and Ted's to burn. Okay. Oh, he didn't. He didn't burn Christina. He just he literally roster baited for seven minutes. Just yeah, on yeah. I don't know about that. Uh, I'm gonna roster bait with Barrett's team. I'm not actually gonna do anything with it. I'm just gonna slobber over my guys: Josh Jacobs, Tyreek Hill, Chris Godwin, and Saquon Barkley. I I love those picks at the draft. They have all turned out, and there are question marks, especially at quarterback. But I am thrilled. Uh, maybe possibly because. Almost all those guys are on my vampire team as well, and it's in first place. Um, I just I love what she did there. Still love it. And I guess that means that I would own Ted's team, which surprise surprise is five and zero. Oh. Uh, just picked himself up Patrick Mahomes to tighten up that quarterback uh, position. Kenneth Walker turns out that stash for eighteen dollars paid off. So I think Ted's uh, improving after he started five and zero, oh, which is hard to do. All right. Well, I'll take different routes on these teams. Uh, I would say my burn is the one that you love the most in Barrett's team. Uh, it, this one, TD Ameritrade, 
currently ranks number one in the league. <laughs> and I completely do not understand. Everybody has a couple of good players on their team. And sure, she's got a couple of good players. Of course, you got to love Saquon Barkley. And there's Tyreek Hill on that team. Everybody else is not that good. Josh Jacobs is doing great. Yay. It's not going to last. The the quarterbacks are garbage. The the tight end situation is a mess. The team is just a middle-of-the-road team that for some reason is ranked number one by TD Ameritrade. And if I could, if one of the choices was to kill the TD Ameritrade data scientist that refused to give me a better <laughs> number eight ranking, all I want is validation from you guys, data scientists. <laughs> TD Ameritrade? So anyway, burden that one. I'm going to say that I would marry or whatever we're saying about it for Ted's team because it does have all these good players. Again, kind of like Danny's team. I could trade so many of those guys and make it better and it'd be fun. But I would uh, I would roster bait with Christina's because, you know, when you're when you're you're messing around a little bit, uh, you don't want just the things that you already have at home. You get a little something different with this team. And I got two star quarterbacks that score every week. Oh man, I haven't had that. That'd be fun. So that's where I, where I'd go with the messing around a little bit. So I find it ironic that you said you don't want somebody, something that you have at home and you picked your wife's team, but no one else. You read into that however you want. (laughs) All right. So our last group is who? Our last group will be Corey, your very own team, Alex, and Pete's team. All right, I'll go first. I am going to burn Corey's team. (gasps) (laughs) Okay, let's say I'll give you one minute to explain why. Look, I'll, I'll preface this by saying I do actually kind of like all three teams. Uh, Corey, I think you have the best stable of running backs of anybody in the league, top to bottom. And I kind of love your running backs. We had some minor trade discussions last weekend, which went nowhere. And we basically agreed that... Uh, that you were being ridiculous and that it yeah, wasn't exactly. that trade discussion. Um, yeah, I, that. I, I love your running backs. Uh, don't love a whole lot else. I, besides Mike Williams, I'm on the record as I think that was a good pickup for you the first time. Also a good pickup for you the second time. Look forward to you uh, acquiring him a third time at some point. Do you want to have him so I can trade him back to me later? Oh yeah, there we go. Um, but of these teams, I think I would probably burn that one. Uh, let's see. Own. I'm going to own Pete's team because... It was the best preseason, and I'm looking at it, and despite losing Lance for the season and Taylor for who knows how long, uh, he's still got stars up and down that lineup. If he can somehow figure out tight end, maybe even OP, uh, I think he's going to be right back to being that team that nobody wants to face. And roster bait is Eric's team. Uh, Sneakily, it's like my favorite team of the league. I just, I love what he's done with the trades. He's got Gino Rowland. He's got Tom Brady now. He's got good running backs. He's got good receivers. Uh, he is 
giving us all the middle finger by not even filling his last two bench spots right now. Love the arrogance there. He's got my boy, Tyler Boyd. Uh, I just, I really like what he's done this season. And I like when, you know, Eric always goes for it, even if he's not exactly in a position to make it in. And it's fun to have him actually be good. So great job, Eric. Yeah, absolutely. I think I also really like Eric's team. I'm going to give him the roster bait honor as well. Uh, just because, again, he, he's got it all going. There's no holes here that I'm worried about. I did just give him Hollywood Brown at potentially a discount. He and I were talking about it afterwards. He's like, I, I think you overpaid for Zach Ertz. And uh, I think I did too, but it was it was all on purpose. I think Hollywood Brown takes a little dip in value once Hopkins comes back. And uh, I did really need a tight end, but that did fill the one hole that he had, which was that second wide receiver spot. So I just sit here and I say, I like all these players, but I, I, it, it, it sort of breaks my brain a little bit to see that like the biggest, the key here, the reason why we're talking about him is because Gina Smith is good. It's just so weird. <laughs> Anyway, uh, obviously, we've got two left. Which one we burn is Pete. And uh, it's just because you know, it was overhyped. We're all so excited about this team beforehand. You know what? It's just not that good. It, it's names. He's living off name value alone. The scientists, the data scientists, still love him because of those names. But you know what? You can't win this league with Daniel Jones as your starting quarterback on the record. Not going to happen. This team's done for. Just burn them now. So where does that leave us? Got to got to keep that that digital fart manipulation. See, the thing is, if you put your fingers right in front of your butthole when you're farting, you can direct <laughs> the fart in any direction at any velocity that you want. And the key thing here is you got to have enough farts and you got to have enough fingers. And the trades have gotten that combination to a point of just look out fart smell coming all over i mean update so, from the data scientist pete's team all the way down to seventh in the projections you are up to eighth you are nearly uh in a brighter light in the eyes of the data scientist than if if td bear trade is listening to this podcast i hope they take into account all the things i just said about name value farts and fingers <laughs> so i think with that it is time to say goodbye, Corey. Do you have any last words for our listeners? Uh, just that uh, I will be sending you a text later this week, maybe even later tonight. Uh, there'll be a trade offer waiting for you, so please respond back to me. Now, you may note that I didn't give any particular name right there. It's because 11 of you will receive those messages. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> We are all looking forward to it. As always, Corey, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks, guys. Okay. Let's get into our week six previews. First up, as always, the narcissist. It is me versus Pete, and I'm kind of sad because 
Pete and I talk quite a bit uh, about, like, we shoot the wind, shoot the shit, shoot the wind, something like that. <laughs> On fantasy and football and all that. And yeah. I was looking forward to this matchup, and then it's not as good. <laughs> um, what it's because you traded you... away all your good players. Hey, I he's only projected to beat me right now by 16 points. Yes, uh, current projections are a 16-point difference. Pete does not have a second running back or a kicker in there, and you don't have a d- defense in there. So... Who knows what these projections are going to be, buddy? You might be projected to win. We don't know. Let's say Jamal Williams is in there for 16 points. So, well, that wouldn't, he's on bye this week. So, that would not be advantageous for Pete. Okay. But he has some semblance of the Indianapolis running back situation. Maybe Mm -hmm. Taylor's back. Maybe it's Hines. Maybe Hines comes back for another 1.3 points. Uh, But we'll see. Uh, Okay. What? Type of ch- what percentage chance you gave yourself this week to pull off a win? Thirty percent. Thirty percent. Okay. Yeah. What needs to happen for you to win? Do you, do you need to cool Pete down, or do you think you've got one hundred and thirty points in this lineup? I have one hundred and thirty points in my lineup, especially oh, wow. now with Mariota there. Uh huh. I'm not saying I'm going to score one hundred and thirty points each week. I'm not saying I may even score 130 points. Do you need double digits from your kicker to make this thing happen? Yeah. I need. I have a kicker on IR. Oh, I, I have a kicker get... on IR. High five. Look at that. My Pete doesn't even have a kicker right now, so obvious advantage to you. Exactly. Maybe I hold both my kickers so mm-hmm. you can't pick up one of them. Yeah. Okay. Savvy move. Okay. Um, enough about that. I'm going with Pete. Pete's team's way better. Okay, I will. I will pick myself. Ah, there we go. Excellent. Got to stay on brand. All right. Next up, I guess would be my matchup. I'm projected to win one twenty six to one sixteen over Corey. Um, my team, my current starting lineup has averaged one hundred and forty nine points per game. Uh, Corey's current starting lineup has averaged one hundred nineteen points per game. So. Is this matchup going to be closer or more of a blowout than Snickers is projecting? More of a blowout. I think that like mixing against New Orleans defense is going to be tough. And I really don't like Zach Ertz against Seahawks defense. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's going to be weird. So I will go with you. Okay. Who are you picking? Uh, I am also going with myself. Uh, Interestingly, I was following the Snickers projections pretty much all day Sunday. And uh, from Sunday to Monday, I moved, I think, into every single slot between nine and one. Uh, And there were no moves made. So I don't know what was going on. They couldn't keep up with the scoring, like I said earlier. Uh, Movement all over the place. He fell to seventh. I moved up to first. I started the day in ninth. I was up to, I think I was in fifth at one point. I don't know. I like I like myself uh, in this matchup at least. Uh, I like myself getting to three and three. So mm-hmm. next up we have Danny versus Laura. A potential loser leaves town scenario. 
I I think it's possible. I think it's entirely possible that Laura has left town already, but if she can pull off a win this week, I think Danny's in serious trouble. Because that puts him at one and five. He kind of has to go six and one, seven and one. How many? We got 14 regular season weeks now. Six and two. He could probably get in at seven and seven. Seven and seven. Seven and seven is possible. I don't think you can make it in at six and eight. Uh, and so he's got to run the gauntlet and, you know, despite all the trades he's made, he's now starting Marquez Valdez Scantling. So what was it all worth anyway? Uh, I am picking Danny though this week. What about you? I am going to pick the massive upset. Give me Laura in this one. I just, I'm rooting for, uh, Danny to have traded $50 for all those players and to go one and five. So. Uh, I think it's we don't like Laura's team, but we do like her receivers. Maybe they all boom this week. Maybe, maybe Devin Singletary gets one or two of the touchdowns in Buffalo Uh, going up in KC. It's a shootout. Anything is possible. Uh, I tell you this though, if Jameis Winston does not play, Laura might not have any quarterbacks. Danny has gotten back. 35 of the 50 bucks he's spent. Okay. Like he's at 185 budget. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know how. Oh, he made, he got some money early on and I think he was a little over 200. But he's definitely gone back 25 over the last week. So, yeah. That is impressive. And, oh, sorry. He got $30 back over the last week. So, yeah, okay. Uh, next up, who do we have? Uh, let's go with Barrett versus Derek. Four and one versus one and four. Uh, Barrett does not have a healthy tight end, not on by on her roster, so she's gonna have to make a move there. Despite that, still projected to win one eleven to one oh nine. I Derek is starting his sneaky pickup, Eno Benjamin. I think the only starting running back on the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. The I will go with Barrett. I think Saquon and she's starting the long Miami running back, but I'm pretty sure he must have injured and will not Colonel play. Mustard, right there in the starting line. Josh Jacobs on by this week. We should mention. This is the first week of buys, and for whatever reason, it seems like the NFL has stacked a lot of good teams in the same week. Uh, Week 14 has a lot of uh, good players. I think week 11 might be another one. And week 6, Lions and Raiders, you might not have thought before the season that they um, were going to be juggernauts, uh, but, uh, but they turned out to have a lot of good players. Also, Tennessee Titans. Turns out uh, Laura does not have Ryan Tannehill going back to that matchup. So, anyway. uh, Yeah, a little bit of bye week here for Barrett's team. I still think she prevails. I like her to take out Derek and move to 5-1. and Okay. So, did I make... You mean Barrett to take out Derek? Yeah, Barrett, take out Derek. Okay. The B name, taking out the D name. Yes, I think I said the same, but if not, I'm saying the same. No. 
All right, last up uh, before the marquee matchup, we've got Ted Stone against Andrew's team. Uh, Ted Stone with a massive projection, uh, or at least a projected advantage, 124 to 99. Uh, yeah. What am I so... here on Andrew's team? Why is his projection so low? No Derrick Henry, no Jared Goff, uh, no Titans. No Titans. <laughs> his uh, quarterbacks are not good. Quarterbacks and are not good. His running backs are not particularly good behind Derrick Henry. He did lose Rashad Penny for the year. That was going to be a sneaky little move yep. uh, at the draft time. Uh, and Kareem Hunt and Khalil Herbert are both split time running backs at best. You know, maybe this is a week in which Kareem Hunt gets a couple touchdowns. We never know. Um, but question marks at running back. And so he's really relying on those receivers this week. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. going to go with Ted to stay undefeated at 6-0. and I will do the same. And this is one of those things where I really like whether Ted did this on purpose or not. I really like what Ted did, which was like he fluked his way to his first three-ish wins, I think, or like three out of the first four. Some He had one of the lowest points for and the lowest points against totals. He was 3-0. and We didn't really like his team. Then he made some moves, and he made his team much better by taking Patrick Mahomes and making a couple of other trades. Well, he he scored 139-plus in three out of five weeks. So maybe you say he got lucky twice, and his schedule has not been good at any point, but he's at least scored, you know, top six, three out of five weeks. Mm. I think maybe it was the first two weeks. I remember he'd faced one of the easier schedules. He did, yeah. Uh, And, you know, despite possible question marks at, running back at one point in the season uh he you know got enough out of antonio gibson early that now that he's falling off he can come back with kenneth walker uh he's still got aj dylan waiting in the wings i think he's more of a november december kind of player he's that big bruiser that's really going to come into play when the weather starts turning south um so if he can i mean look ted's making the playoffs but if he can make it through to november still in the top of the division, I think he's he's looking real good for getting that uh, number one seat. Okay, let's move to the marquee matchup. We both chose Ted in that. Uh, yeah. Let's move to the marquee matchup, which this week is Alec versus Christina. Mm-hmm. Two sneaky good teams. You have said your piece about how Christina's team is way, way too top-heavy. With the quarterbacks, yeah, I, I think there's a like, if you say Jeff Wilson and Elijah Mitchell are one player, then it's I think like and Melvin Gordon is now sole owner of the Denver backfield. That's a decent quarterback stable, a oh, running back stable. Sorry, wide receivers. Mike Evans is good. Let me. Like, eh, why do we see that she needs some work with? But yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into it position by position. We'll start with the quarterbacks. We've got 
Herbert and Jackson for Christina, and we got Tom Brady, Geno Smith for Eric. Uh, I don't know if matchups are going to have a bearing here. Uh, Lamar Jackson going up against the Giants, Herbert against Denver, Geno against the Cardinals, and Brady against Pittsburgh. I like Christina's quarterbacks. Yeah, I think I do as well. Even though, yeah. But the edge isn't that much, I will say. Yeah. Um, running backs, you've got Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook against Melvin Gordon, Jeff Wilson Jr. Dalvin yeah. Cook, number Cook one. For Eric. Gordon Wilson for Christina. Yeah. Delvin Cook's number one. And then who's number two? Like Fournette? I go with Fournette. Yeah, look, I, you know, he scored the touchdowns finally last week, which was fantastic. But he's had three weeks in a row of being a very involved receiver. He's the unquestioned back in Tampa. Uh, Rashad White's getting a little more playing time, but he's not stealing enough touches to really warrant worry. Um, you know, look, it, you mentioned that if Wilson and Mitchell are one player, then that's a pretty good spot. Yeah. <laughs> if you can go straight from Wilson to Mitchell and both of them continue to perform, then it's certainly not the worst running back situation in the world, especially if Pierce continues to perform at his level uh this week pierce is out and she's got to go with melvin gordon melvin fumbles a lot gordon um Mm -hmm. i think the advantage has to go to eric i like cook to rebound from here on out i think last week is a foreshadowing of the rest of his season so uh this week and forward give me eric's running backs uh wide receiver You've got Cooper Cup and Marquise Brown for Eric and Mike Evans and Drake London, as I mentioned, for Christina. Uh, easy Eric here. At least Ray Hopkins isn't back, so Brown's number one target. Two number one targets done versus, like, Mike Evans, Brady, connections being, like, two... Two receptions, two touchdowns for 20 yards, which is 14 points, which is great, but it's like not amazing 25 points or anything like that. Um, Drake London's been a little bit of a disappointment, not the Jamar Chase of last year. Could he be the Jalen Waddle last year, though? So it'll be good next year. No, Waddle was used. He was a top 20 receiver last week or last year. He was like eight for 80 every single week. I feel like that's what Drake London is. He's usable. He's a serviceable second receiver. Um, look, I'll also agree that I like uh, Eric's receivers here. I mean, Marquise Brown gets the Seattle secondary that couldn't stop a nosebleed right now. And Cup gets 20 points every single week, regardless of who he's facing. But I think I think you're short selling Christina's receivers a little bit. I think London gets back to his eight for eighty ways, and Evans, uh, while history may have shown that he's got the two catches for twenty yards and two touchdowns, this year when he gets two touchdowns, it's coming with a hundred yards, um, and he's been 
fairly consistently in double digits. So closer than you're giving them credit for, but I still like Eric's receivers. Tight end, we've got Najoku for Eric and uh, Gerald Everett for Christina. Um, these are, uh, this is the battle of classic available on your waiver wire tight ends uh, over the past few years find themselves semi-productive this season. I mean, it's basically a wash, but I guess I'll go with Najoku slightly. Yeah, it's a wash for me. Uh, in the flex, more interesting, we've got Miles Sanders and uh, Romeo Dobbs. Easy advantage to Eric here with Miles Sanders, his boy Miles Sanders. Yeah. I'm going to... I'm going to throw a fly pattern here. I'm going to go with Dubs here. Sanders going up against Dallas, who is a pretty good defense. Um, Dubs is a rookie and raw and inconsistent, but I like him to uh, make some hay against that Jets secondary this week. It, Dubs, another another Twitter all-star for Christina's team that has uh, lived up to the hype at moments. Uh, hasn't been nearly consistent enough, but maybe she, you know, catches that flash this week, and I like it to happen. Give me dubs. Other than the LA Rams, who, who running backs, LA Rams running backs against the Dallas defense scored like thirty-three yards on thirteen carries. They, the running backs, have done pretty decently against the Cowboys, so. I am going to go Sanders and <laughs> buy a lot. Okay. On uh, charge, like kicker defense, who cares? Who do you have? Do you say? Well, I was mentioning- do we think uh, anybody's going to score negative uh, from kickers or defenses this week? Unlikely from defenses. Unlikely from kickers, I will say. All right. Top to bottom, I look, Eric's got the 16 point advantage. Um, I like his uh, major skill position groups in the advantage, the running backs and receivers. I like Christina in a few of the other positions. Uh, But I'm going to go with Eric to get to four and two this week. Christina falls back to four and two. Yep, I agree. You know, Eric's team has been interesting this year. It's either, seems like it scores either 75 or 150. And uh, I think this might be another 150 point week. We do have a reverse stack going. So let's see. Evans Uh, and Brady. Brady, yeah. So a little bit of a mitigation factor there, you might say. Uh Or covering. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Who are you taking in this matchup? I'm taking Eric as well. Yep. I feel like as much as I hate to say it and as much as like Eric keeps keeping on keeping him, uh, like if Deshaun Watson, when does he come back? Week next week? Week 11, I believe. Oh, it's week 11. I thought it was an eight-week. Okay. Whatever. Week 11. He's going to have a pretty formidable team. If he slots into that Cleveland like offense, so watch out, world. If he gets like four and two, goes on to maybe eight and two, 
Who knows? Maybe this is your year, Alec. Assuming uh, that Hopkins does come back and steal some looks from Marquise Brown, does he need to make a trade for a second receiver? He's got Jacoby Myers on his bench, Tyler Boyd, Isaiah McKenzie. Are any of those guys guys you can trust down the stretch? And we'll throw Marquise Brown in there, or uh, does Eric maybe flip Geno for a wide receiver once Deshaun Watson comes back? Uh. One question is the bot is so yes, you could do that if Brady and Brady has his buy in week 11. So after week 11, you would do the flip, you can't flip him before then, right? Okay, so after week 11, you flip your third quarterback because you don't need him, and you flip Gino. Because you you're gonna roll with uh, Watson and Brady for you could probably flip Gino for T Higgins and Mike Williams, right? Sure. You'd probably for for even more than that. Mm-hmm. Probably not a Jefferson Cup or Hill, but a Waddle, yeah. A Chase, yeah. Like this year's Chase. Not last year's choice, but yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's do a quick vampire update. Uh, Last week, the vampire did not win. Uh, He came within 39 points of his opponent. I lost 84 to 123. Um, Danny had high point. Uh, We now have myself alone atop the standings, four and one. We have... Seven other teams at three and two, and three teams at one and four. So there is certainly a lower tier and somewhat of an upper tier, although there's a lot of teams still in play here. And, and as a reminder, six teams, six out of 10 get in the playoffs. And so it is still wide open. Uh, this week, Ted faces Josh's team, who's three and two, currently projected to lose 98 to 80. But Ted made some moves. He's now going to go with Geno Smith at quarterback, which eliminates any sort of stacking. Picked himself up uh, Taysom Hill after his huge performance last week. Uh, He does not get to start either his uh, vampire steal, Devontae Adams, or uh, starting running back, Jamal Williams. So uh, how do you like Ted's chances this week to get a win? I think he has a shot. Like, I don't know what's with my team. It's always projected for one of the highest projections right, of the league, and then it like, shits the bed and gets like 50 points. Like mm-hmm. Last week, what was it? There were two teams that Ted could have beaten. Oh, if he had a different matchup? Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's take a look yeah. here. So... Buffy's Cheesesteaks, who is... Mm-hmm. Justin, which he, he did actually beat in week two, and he outscored Corey's team by 28 points. So, had the schedule been different, um, so three teams he could have beaten, <laughs> yeah. Going back, we should probably uh go back next week, we'll prepare for it. We'll see through the first six weeks how many te- wins could Ted have had had he had a different schedule. Uh, but for now, he gets Josh this week. If he wins, 
who should he steal? I think you steal Jackson. Like, you have to steal Lamar Jackson. Or... Or whatever. Eckler. Eckler. Yeah. Eckler, go with Eckler. It's interesting yeah. because when Ted has had success, it has been... It's been uh, basically the Washington stack. I mean, it was the one week that he had success. I know he's not, he hasn't scored the fewest points um, hardly at all, really. We'll, we'll get into the records next week. But the running backs have been surprisingly plentiful on the waiver wire. He's gotten Jamal Williams, Jeff Wilson, now Raheem Mostert. Looks like he might be the starter in Miami. Like, is wide receiver the scarcest position right now? Yeah, I think so. And I think with Al one, it's the same. Like, I mean, the Al thing with like receivers is the waiver wire guys are volatile. If you can pick the right ones, they'll score you 15. You know, Johan Dotson and Curtis Samuel. But there's so many guys that just score goose eggs that you never know which one to pick. And maybe a guy like Devontae Adams, who he has, you know, if going up against Josh's team is C.D. Lamb in play. You know, he's been... A little less consistent than you might like, but having consistent 15 to 20 point guys is more valuable than the five and 25 point guys. Uh, I disagree with that as the vampire. Okay. Because as the vampire, you need a couple of booms. And so when you win, you're more likely to win with a guy scoring 25 points. Because you're going to have a lot of fives. Okay. So if you replace one of the fives with 10, you're not going to win many more matchups. But if you replace one of the fives with a five or 25, now you're going to start winning a couple more matchups. That's true. We have embraced risk as a strategy, uh, which is what the stack is all about and, and the boom bust guys. So yeah, that's probably still the way to go. And with the two open flex spots, I mean, you can still start four running backs if you have the firepower there. Well, I think that is all that we have time for. I don't think we quite made it to 90 minutes, which is there. Yeah, we cut Corey short. He could have gone on for many more hours, days even. Uh, I feel we cut you short this week. I feel like <laughs> I was I was literally cut short multiple times tonight. Uh, don't worry, I'll record my own segment after we're done here and add it in at the end. Good, good to know. All right, okay. thanks for joining us, everybody. Guten Tag from Sweden. Bye for now.